Power Radio presents Positive Now with Lisa Jesswine. Connect with interesting, inspiring, creative, and spiritually uplifting people who know the value of being positive now. Here's Lisa Jesswine. Spring's here because I wanted to start on something really upbeat because obviously the show is called Positive Now, so you want to feel good when you listen to this. Thanks so much for listening to the show and connecting with EmpowerRadio.com. So I thought spring is the time for love, and why not bring back one of our favorite guests of all time, Dr. Terry Orbach, the love doctor. Hello, Terry. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't think of a better person to kick off our live show. Thanks. All right. So spring, this is what we're going to do because some people are in relationships, some are looking for love. So for the first half of the show, we're going to talk about finding new love and ways that we go about doing this. Why do we want to do it? Why do we not want to do it? And then for the second half, we're going to talk about re-energizing an existing relationship or maybe taking a relationship to the next level. Okay. Sounds good. All right. That's what we're going to do. I am single. You know this. I've kind of talked to you a little bit um, about the the ins and outs of being a single woman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. And I, and I want to address something here because I, I had a little discussion with a couple of my girlfriends who are all single. Oh, and, and by the way, before you think, um, you know, Terry Orbach is, is just someone who we picked up on the side of the road. Dr. Terry Orbach, known as the Love Doctor, is a professor and a research scientist who has studied what it is to be in a relationship and why we crave that so much and how to make better relationships. So, spring's here. First of all, why why is spring and summer a great time for relationships? Well, it is a great time for relationships, Lisa, because first of all, the seasons are changing, the sun is coming out, it's becoming bright, positive, more skin is being shown by many of us. <laughs> We're not in our winter coats and boots anymore, and it really is the time for people to get out, see one another, meet one another, and hopefully find someone special to have a relationship with. Oh, absolutely. So when we're showing more skin, is that like those animals that uh, show bright feathers that kind of says, hey, come on over here? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And plus, as the sun is coming out and we're feeling better about ourselves because of the sun, we feel more positive. And when we're more positive, we are actually attracted to others. We are more likely to be attracted to others and others us because of that optimistic approach, because of that positive approach. Also, that positive approach rubs off on others. We are more likely to like one another and thus connect as we're talking about what we're doing and we're out doing something together. So the sun as well as the skin has these biological uh, chemicals working in our bodies. So do we actually give off like pheromones or something that says, hey, I I really want to be in a relationship? (laughs) Yes, I think there are pheromones working. I also think that our senses are more heightened during the spring and summer months. And sense of smell turns out to be so very important in the attraction process. Studies show that if we feel positive about somebody else's smell, much more likely to like them and be attracted to them. But if we don't like the smell, 
we don't want to be with them. We don't. We are not attracted to them, obviously. So use that smell, especially if it's a positive smell. And you can even use the senses that are outside, like flowers, and and we can use music. We can use birds and hiking through nature trails, all as ways to help us in the attraction process. You know, I, I'm sitting here laughing because the whole sense of smell thing, I mean, and I know you people have done this. If you uh, kept a guy's shirt or, you know, something like that, just the smell of them brings back the essence of wanting to be in a relationship, almost as if someone's hugging you. You know, you know that's why I think the smell thing is, is so important. And it turns out to be more important for women, Lisa, than it does for men, which I also find fascinating. Women are much more in tune with their partner's sense of smell or how they smell naturally than men are. And we're more likely to keep those pieces of clothing. We're more likely to wear our partner's clothing as well because it feels good, because it feels warm, and it elicits these positive memories. Oh, yeah. Guys dig that anyways. The girl in the (laughs) shirt, you know, walking out. Come on. You know they have fantasies about that Uh, you know nice jersey whatever it is so you're single and sometimes these are the two things that you hear a lot at least i've heard this it will happen when you least expect it or it'll happen when you're not looking for it or you're too pretty to be single so if i was really ugly then i'd have somebody i don't understand this so let's take them one at a time it'll happen when you least expect it or it'll happen when you're not looking for it go Well, I've heard that from many people, Lisa, and many singles hear that from other people, family, and friends. It is totally a myth that it'll happen just when it happens or that relationships are pure luck. I mean, basically, that's what it's suggesting. What we know instead is that if you want to have a relationship, it takes a little bit of work. It doesn't take hard work, but it takes work. You need to examine yourself. You need to know yourself. Know what you want in a partner because if you don't know what you need in a relationship Lisa you can't tell someone else to meet those needs so relationships take work they take knowing what you want and they take knowing what you need in a partner what are the qualities in a partner that you really need or that are really important to you so that's not luck that's not just happening that's really sitting down as a single person and saying what's good for me what kind of qualities in a partner do I really need and then what are my expectations what are the deal breakers in a relationship that I need in order for something to work out okay so you are an advocate of the list meaning listing the things that you'd like Absolutely. We've talked about this before, Lisa. I'm a 15-quality list person for every single person who wants to meet that someone special. Sit down and write down 15 qualities that you want in a partner, very specific, no more, no less than 15. But they have to be specific qualities. Then share the list with a friend. Get the feedback from a friend or a family member. Revise your list. And then keep that list close to you. You want to make sure that when you meet somebody, that that person meets at least 12 out of the 15 qualities. And if they're specific, if you know the quality when you meet the person, 
then you're going to find that someone's special. Okay. Are you talking more about it, that someone is friendly or sense of humor? Because you don't want it strictly all physical things, like he has to be six foot tall or she has to have big boobs or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know because is that a little shallow or should we also put physical characteristics on that we list? should also put physical qualities down, Lisa. I think you can put down physical qualities, psychological qualities, qualities about a person's religion, a person's race, a person's social activities, whether they like to exercise, whatever qualities are important to you that you want in a partner. And what I mean by specific is that you have to know the quality when you see it. So you can't just put down, for example, I want somebody who is good looking. Mm-hmm. Well, that means something different to different people. So you can put height, you can put weight, you can put, you know, dark, light, blue eyes, black, you know, brown eyes. But each of those qualities, physical qualities or psychological qualities, are one specific quality. So you can say sense of humor, but again, that's too general. You, does that mean the person loves to laugh? Does that person that does that mean the person tells jokes to you? Does that mean the person is sarcastic? You need to write down really specific things. Right, because if someone is sarcastic, one person may find that very endearing, or someone else may say that that drives me crazy. Exactly. So just like being smart, I want somebody who's smart. Does that mean common sense smart? Does that mean book smart? What does it mean? Each of these things mean different things to different people. So you need to write down the details of that quality, and you only get 15. Some people will say, Lisa, that's too little, but other people will say, wow, I have a lot more than 15. So you need to prioritize only get 15 qualities. Okay, now let's talk to maybe the cynical people who say, I've already done that, Dr. Terry. I've written my list. I've rewritten my list, and he's not here yet. <laughs> what do I say to those people? Lisa? Yes. First of all, I say that you need to look back to your list because I think that if you haven't found that someone special and you've written down that list, your qualities are too general. You've been meeting people that have been fitting your qualities, but the qualities are so general on your list that you haven't been specific enough, that you're not meeting the people that are right for you. Second, if you haven't been meeting the right people, then you haven't been going to the right places. Because if you have your specific 15 qualities and you're expecting those people to come to you, that's not going to happen. You need to get out there. You need to have three places in mind. First, you want group activities. So you want to go somewhere where there's a lot of people that meet regularly. And that's really important, Lisa. It's an activity like a religious group, an athletic group, a book club, a wine appreciation class. Things or activities that meet regularly have the same group of people because what we know is it's called the mere exposure effect by mere exposure with people that will create liking both ways. So that's the first place. Second place is you want to ask people to fix you up. I know. <laughs> Did you just hear me go, uh. I know. I could hear it <laughs> even through the phones. But what that is is that you're asking friends who know you, who like you, who do you think in your social circle circle might be similar to me? 
Uh, don't have those friends or family members go out on those blind dates with you, but it's a great way to meet a lot of people who someone else thinks you have something in common. Mm-hmm. And then third, my favorite, Lisa, which we know is extremely successful, is online dating. We know that about 20% of people who are in long-term relationships have met online, and that percentage gets bigger and bigger as we get younger and younger in terms of the people we're talking about. Yes, and and I have experienced online dating, and and I have really liked it. Um, I need you to talk a little bit about when someone is not following through. For example, there was a man, and we communicated several times, and each time he would tell me, oh, I I really love this. This is great. Uh, Perhaps we can talk further in communication. Just let me know. And I gave him my phone number, Mm -hmm. and um, two weeks went by, and there was nothing. So I wrote him again because he said, thanks for your digits. I'll make good use of them. And so I literally, that's what he said. So I wrote back again after two weeks of him not, because he was the one who asked for my number. So I wrote back and I said, that's great that you have my digits, but does making good use of them mean that you will actually call me? Because I thought that's kind of what it meant when he was happy to get my phone number. And then he text me and said, oh, Lisa, you're so fabulous. This is great. Happy Easter was at the time. And he said, you know, perhaps we can get to know that smile better with further communication. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? So I I text him back and I said, that would be wonderful. Here's my phone number again, you know, and I'm thinking, please give me a call and we can put a voice with a face. Now, Someone like me gets frustrated. We put ourselves out there. Someone acts interested and strings us a little bit along, and then nothing occurs. So basically, how do we get back up on the horse and keep going? Well, first, Lisa, I don't think you should take any of these situations personally. Because what we need to remember is that when people don't call you, when people don't follow through, it says all about them and very little about you. When people aren't engaged, when they don't do what they're saying or when they don't, you know, the behaviors or the actions don't match the words, that has to do with them. And you don't know what's happening in their lives. Second, we know that relationships, Lisa, develop faster over the Internet or online. What happens is is that when we chat online, when we text, when we use social media, intimacy develops faster. And what we need to remember is we still need to take time in order to get to know people, in order to develop the same kind of closeness. Mm-hmm. Next, I want you to listen to your gut, Lisa. <laughs> that man was giving you red flags or signals that this wasn't the best person, that this relationship wasn't the best one, but you weren't listening to them. You weren't seeing the red flags and saying, you know what, someone who says I got your digits. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to hone in on that, Terry. I knew you were. Um, Someone who says that to you knowing you, that's not similarity. It's like, yo, babe, I got your digits here. You got it. (laughs) It's kind of like that. Well, Dr. Terry Orbach is who we're talking to, the love doctor today, and you can actually call in and ask the love doctor a question. That number is 248 809 
248-809-3474. And Jason from Southfield and Dr. Terry, I have to tell you something about Jason here. He was on a former Positive Now show that we had. It was a singles roundtable. And he feels the way I think a lot of single people, especially men, feel about relationships. Hey, Jason. Hey, what's going on? How are you doing, Jason? Please meet uh, the love doctor, Dr. Terry Orbach. How are you doing, Dr. Orbach? I'm good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. And what was your question? I guess it's not really, I mean, it's sort of a question, but, I, you know, one of the issues that I was having, you know, even back in the interview, and then I'm still having now, it's not really an issue, is I just don't really understand. I feel like whenever I'm in a relationship, I just have to give so much of myself to the relationship that I no longer am myself. I mean, I don't know why I feel that way. I understand completely, Jason. What I would tell you, though, Jason, is probably you're not meeting the right people. Many of us want someone who's not like us. We want our opposite because it seems more exciting, adventuresome, and we want somebody who doesn't do or say or have the interests as we do. And that's when, then, when we are in a relationship with our opposite, that we give too much. We let go of too much of ourselves, and we compromise too much. What I'd like you to think about instead, Jason, first, is finding someone who's similar to you, who has not your same interests or food preferences or music likes, but someone who has the same underlying values and attitudes about lifestyle or family or religion or money because when we find somebody who's our similar or when we find someone who is like us then we don't have to give so much because we find that that person is like us we don't have to compromise because the similarity is there second i want you to also think about that separateness is good for a relationship don't give it all Don't let yourself and who you are and who you see you be give up or uh, mold into what this other person wants. Separateness is great. It adds passion and excitement to a relationship. When you can have separate friends, when you can have separate interests and bring them all back to the relationship, that's what's exciting. That's what produces the bond over time. And that's what keeps the romance and the passion. So I want you to switch the approach of who you're looking for and what you're thinking about separateness in a relationship. Can I ask you something, Jason? Because uh, yeah, yeah, go, go okay, for it. because a lot of people might be this way. And, and Dr. Terry, your thoughts on this as well. What if you just don't want a relationship or a connection? Is it that, Jason, or that you're just scared about the whole concept of it? You know, I used to think it was that I didn't want one. You know, I mean, I I just feel like I can't find the right one, you know, and that has led me to not wanting one. You know what I mean? Like I've just, I've become so discouraged Mm -hmm. that I'm like, it must be that I'm just not ready to be in a relationship or I don't want one. Mm -hmm. But of course there are times where I feel like I would like to be, but the minute it starts going towards that, I get, I get freaked out. And that's when immediately I'm like, you know, this is a little too much. I, I, I always immediately feel like I have to give for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right off, before I even know them, I feel like there's always going to be some compromise involved. Well, which is true, right, Dr. Terry? I mean, you do have to compromise in a relationship. I think 
you do have to compromise in a relationship, but when we are only thinking about giving of ourselves, sometimes, Jay, easy and interesting for them because maybe you're not feeling secure with who you are. And I can understand whenever, Lisa, Jason, we have a bad relationship or things don't work well, we want to give up. Or we want to think that maybe relationships aren't for us or that they're not beneficial. We can do it on our own. But instead, we have to get back up on the horse and trust that we are a valuable person. We have great assets. And instead of trying to sell us to them, let them sell themselves to us. Let them tell us why they're good for us. Mm-hmm. Did any of that make sense, Jason? I mean, any you know, of it makes sense, Jason? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, there's, you know, you definitely don't want to admit to yourself that you might be a little insecure or whatnot, but you can, I can, you know, I can see what you're talking about. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also at an age right now where I just feel like, I'm sort of beyond playing all these games and doing all these things, and that also takes me out of the realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I would encourage you to think about then who have you been having relationships with? What kinds of women are you having relationships with? Um, is there a certain theme running through it? And then, as we talked about before, this 15 quality exercise, thinking about the specific qualities that you want in a partner and whether or not the people you've been having relationships with meet any of those qualities. Sometimes we're having relationships with people that really aren't the best for us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Jason. I, yeah, I wish you. I wish you the best, and I wish you love. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Doc. Thanks. All right. The number to call in and talk to the love doctor is 248-809-3474 if you have a question. And Nicole from Farmington Hills called. Hey, Nicole. Yes. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? This is your shot, a private session with the love doctor. Okay. <laughs> Say hello to Dr. Terry Orbach. Hi, Dr. Terry. Hello, Nicole. What's your question? I um, am just wondering why sometimes in relationships it seems as though the, there's an unbalance. And generally in my situations, it seems like the man is more selfish. And what do you mean by selfish? What is he doing that is only good for him and not for you? Um, I guess overall the the way that I think about my relationship and my situation always has him and my home in my mind. And I guess I get the impression that that's not how it is in his head because he has certain things that are priorities to him but not necessarily priorities to us. So, like, he may think that, like, going to the gym and working out is more important than making sure that this time it's his time to go get the groceries. Correct. And, you know, this is very common, Nicole, because the meaning of relationships and the value and how much time is spent thinking about relationships 
is very different depending on if you're a man or a woman. For women, and, and I know we can all three of us relate to this as well as other <laughs> listeners, you know, we're constantly thinking about our relationships and what's good for our partner and what's good for our kids and what's good for our family members. That's always on our mind and it's very rewarding. We also like to talk a lot about our relationships, correct? Yes. Correct. Um, but men don't, uh, they're not raised with the same kinds of values about relationships. So that they're able to compartmentalize more, they're able to see relationships for what they are and then do other things and not have the relationships interfere with those other things. So when they're at work, they're at work and they're not necessarily thinking about the relationship or the disagreement you had last night or where the kids are going or if there's groceries in the refrigerator. And this has to do with how men and women are raised. But what I'd like you to think about, Nicole, is that men and women express love in very different ways. And sometimes if we're only thinking about the way that we express love, we may miss how our partner is expressing the love. Women love to express love or like to express it in terms of words. We like to tell our partner he's wonderful, you know, thank you, you're special, you look great, I appreciate you. And men like to express love in actions. So they may have a job that provides for the family, and that's a way that they express love. They may fix the cabinets in the kitchen, even though you didn't ask them to, you didn't want them to, and you'd rather have them spend time with the kids. So remember that he may be expressing love in a very different way. Dr. Terry, i got to cut in here. We're getting ready to go to commercials, but we're going to finish up with Nicole and how to take that relationship and re-energize it. Coming up on Positive Now. Let's give it up for Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo! So my uncle calls and he says he's dizzy and he's losing his balance. So I'm like, oh, you want me to take you to a doctor? He's like, no, I'm going to look up the symptoms. I said, your symptoms are you're dizzy and you're losing your balance. So he said, I can't get on the Internet because my arm is numb. I said, well, use your good arm and dial 911. Stroke's no joke. If you or someone you love is showing symptoms of stroke, don't call family, don't dial a friend, don't wait because it might be too late. Dial 911. Time lost is brain lost. Seriously, dial 911. Learn all the symptoms of a stroke at strokesnojoke.org. That's strokesnojoke.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the American Stroke Association. Welcome and the back Ad to Council. Science Today. And we already have our next caller. Welcome. Who's this? Hi, I'm Philip. Hello, Philip. You sound really young. <laughs> Not really. I'm nine. Oh, wow. You're still in elementary school, right? Does that matter? Oh, no. Not at all. What's your question? Well, I know the molecular formula for water is H2O. I also know that hydrocarbon is CH3CH250 CH3. Glucose is C6H12O6. The general formula for an alkene is CNH2N plus 2. But what I can't seem to find is any scientific formula for Bob. Bob? My goldfish. Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? 
Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Play ball! Now pitching, Dave Black. Dave is about to catch his opponent off guard. Not with his nasty fastball. No, instead of a fastball, Dave will be hurling a tomato. And the pitch. Ooh. Using tomatoes as baseballs won't go over well with anyone. But if you're looking to hit the ball further and throw better, eating a healthy diet that includes fruits and vegetables is a home run. Packed with nutrients, they could help keep your body healthy and strong, giving you the energy you need to hit that grand slam. When you look at it this way, eating tomatoes is playing hardball against the competition. Run, throw, think, eat better. Can your food do that? Find out at smallstep.gov. That's smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In the You're listening to Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Now, back to Positive Now with Lisa Jesswine. Our guest today is Dr. Terry Orbach, the love doctor. And uh, we had Nicole on the line, but the, the advice she already gave her, Dr. Terry, I think she's going to take it and run with it. <laughs> That's why she, she had to get going. But if you'd like to ask a question of Dr. Terry Orbach, the love doctor, call 248-809-3474. And let's talk a little bit more about what Nicole called in about because I noticed right off the bat she was saying in the relationship he's being selfish there was finger pointing happening right away right absolutely and you know Lisa I hear this a lot from couples males and female couples especially that we they just have different expectations about what should go on in a relationship or what the rules of relationships are and they don't talk about those expectations or rules and then people get frustrated and they get angry I encourage people to sit down before you get too involved, before you get too committed, and talk about your expectations for your relationship. What are the deal breakers? What are your top two rules that have to be there? Then your partner knows what you expect. Less likely then for the other person to say he's selfish or even she's selfish, but more likely that he's selfish. And second, Men and women have different ideas about relationships, Lisa, different meanings, different things that they ask themselves about what's going well and what's not, and different things that need to be there in order for them to be happy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you're not suggesting that uh, on the second date we sit down and say, here's my expectations. I would like, I mean, isn't that a little bit pushy? It's like showing up on the date wearing a wedding dress. I completely agree with you, Lisa. <laughs> Definitely not on the second, third, or even maybe tenth date. But when you become a couple, and that means when you're starting to have these we statements rather than I and you statements as you're talking about your day or talking about your weekend, as there are future discussions with the person that you're dating or your partner about next weekend, the holiday season, or the summer trip, that's when you're becoming a couple, so to speak. And when that happens, and Lisa, that can happen at different times. Mm-hmm. It can happen after 10 dates or it can happen after 10 years for different people. Um, But when you become a couple, that's when you want to sit down and have these kinds of conversations. 
Mm-hmm. We're talking with uh, Dr. Terry Orbach, the love doctor. If you'd like to ask her a question, 248-809-3474. And for this part of the show, we're talking about uh, taking relationships to the next level or a new level and re-energizing an existing relationship. Let's talk a little bit about sex here because yeah. um, w- we all know <laughs> you probably shouldn't give it up on the first date. That's not a very good <laughs> it's not a very good sign, right? I think, you know, it depends on your view of sexuality. For some people, sex does not have to occur when there's an emotional attachment with another person. And so sex is participated in or sex is engaged in for physical pleasure. And that's then when you don't need that emotional attachment, you don't need an investment. But for most women, and for many men, there has to be that emotional connection in order to have sexuality occur. And thus, it's not on the first date. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to ask yourself, what does sexuality mean to me? And what do I need in a relationship in order to engage in sex with another person? And when you answer those questions, that's when you can decide for yourself mm-hmm. when to engage in sexuality. I always think, though, regardless of when you engage in sexuality, that you should talk about it with this person that you're about <laughs> to engage in sex with. You need to talk about sex And sexual communication is so important because there is a link between talking about sex and sexual satisfaction. So when you can talk about it regardless when it occurs, you're much more likely to be satisfied with the sex that happens. Right. And if, you know, if if something's not, um, here's what I mean to say. If you cannot communicate and talk with that person that you're thinking about having a relationship with, then maybe they're not the right person. Exactly. Or it's not the right time. Uh-huh. Or you need to begin to have other kinds of discussions so that you can reveal more about yourself, the other person can re- reveal more about him or herself, and you can create some kind of intimacy, some kind of comfort there so that you can begin then to discuss mm-hmm. sexuality. It may, Lisa, not still be the right person, but you're still not comfortable talking about sexuality. Many of us didn't grow up talking about sex mm-hmm. or learning how to talk about sex, so we don't know how to do it, and it takes time to be able to do it with someone. But I think it's so important that if you can't do it with someone, that that's a signal to you that it's not the right time yet. Okay. We've got Matt from Northville on the line. Hello, Matt. Hi. How are you? Good. This is the love doctor, Dr. Hello, Terry. Matt. Hi. I'm, I'm glad to get through on the line. This is great. Uh, I have a question. Uh, we were going to, I guess you were going to move forward with kind of fixing existing love. And I was with a girl for a long time and, you know, wasn't the best of boyfriends, but we hit it off and uh, grew old. You know, this is six years ago, and now we're kind of talking again, and I guess I don't know how to reconnect it because there's still that void, and I can tell that, you know, she's definitely afraid to take that step with me again, and, you know, I'm trying to show that I've matured and I've changed over time. I don't know if I should let it go and maybe just take a hint or, you know, maybe just be friends, and, and this is someone who I truly saw myself with, but, you know, 
six years ago, I, I just wasn't at a maturity level, I guess, to settle down and be where she wanted to be. So I, I guess I'm confused on how you can, I guess, the best way to maybe see if there's something there or how to reconnect, because it seems like I'm, I'm getting the door shut every time I try. And, and then I just get down on myself and kind of just forget about relationships. And I really want one. You know, I'm getting older. And Well, the first question I would have, Matt, is why did the relationship not work in the past? Is it only because you weren't ready or was it something more? Well, you know, she was older and I think I just wasn't ready. How and, much older can I ask, Matt? Um, well, I was... 26 at the time. I'm now 32. So she was, she's now 36. So at the time she was a little bit more mature and I guess I was scared and I, I tried to be honest with her and true, you know, just tell her like, I was just scared. I'm still a kid. It doesn't seem like she'll budge. I've changed so much and she doesn't seem to even hear me out. And, um, you know, there wasn't any cheating or anything like that. It was just a, a simple me not being ready. And, and it kind of hurts that she doesn't want to give me another chance. And she is single. Right. Well, I think the trust can be rebuilt, Matt. That is possible. But I think she probably has to see actions and not just words. Many times when people are hurt because they've invested a lot, it sounds like she was emotionally attached like you were, and it doesn't work out, or she felt like she was betrayed because you decided or you initiated a breakup. You know, she's let her, you know, emotions and she's built a wall up. Mm-hmm. And in order for trust to be rebuilt so the wall comes down, she needs to see actions. And some of that takes time. And I don't know how long you've been working on this, but it means actions, it means words, and it takes time. Because little by little, you might be able to crack the wall. Now, what I'd like you to think about also, Matt, is what what is good about her for you and what was good in the relationship. And if you begin to think about those things, you can also begin to tell her those things because what she's wanting to hear not only is that you've changed and how you've changed, but what is it about her that's wonderful and you want again? And what is it about a relationship with her that sounds good to you? We as women need to know that. We like to know that you're thinking about that as well. Yeah, I definitely haven't gone that direction. Um, I'm going to try that. I I mean, I try more so just saying that I'm sorry and trying to be funny and and just get a chance to hang out with me and see. But I think... Action. Action plan. Because as as Dr. Terry just said, it's like if you show us in actions, we're more likely to believe you. And it's not just lip service. Uh, Because especially if she's been hurt and you've bolted, it's going to be a little bit harder for her to open back up. Right. Exactly. And it is it is difficult for men. Um, And you may not be thinking about the why's why it didn't work out as much as she has. And I think one of the things she also wants to know, besides the action, the action plan, and that you can do different, is have you thought about why it didn't work out previously? Not only just because you have changed, but the two of you. What was the two of you about and why didn't it work? And to express that to her. You know, we hang out. It's just really hard to to get that time. I mean, I don't know if I should move on or... If it's just a friend thing. But I'm going to try and tell try her it first, why she's great. You'll re- you may regret it in the future. You might as well try. Sometimes what's really good is if you write it all down 
and send her a text or an email or, right. uh, you know, when you see her, you read it even from a piece of paper if that's easier. That sounds more intimate. The whole email text thing, doesn't that sort of sound a little bit like I'm still keeping my distance? Well, you know, it depends, Lisa. Um, sometimes it's easier for people to re reconnect with a little bit of distance because you know, otherwise, if he says it all, if Matt says it all to this woman, that's intimacy. That's putting himself totally out there. So sometimes you can open up the door a crack and not go in full blast. Right. Well, you know, and I've been hurt in the past, too, so I, I guess I need to try and tell her why I think she's great for me and try a different avenue of trying to explain my feelings. I guess I kind of put myself in a box i guess you'd say so i'm i'm really going to try this and, and see if this works and i guess feel it out and yeah, see feel if... it out <laughs> we like that good luck matt thanks so much right, for being here thank you here. for taking my call you're welcome an arousal producing activity and this is totally clean if you want to make it clean lisa okay but we know that at the beginning of a relationship, our hormones, our body chemicals, it's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> so what you want to do is do something with your partner that gives you that same adrenaline rush or arousal activity. So you can exercise with your partner, ride a roller coaster ride, you know, jump off a, a plane and, you know, with a parachute, or simply watch a scary movie or even go to a comedy club. Any of those activities also gives our bodies that same hormone rush, adrenaline rush, or an arousal-producing activity that will transfer from that activity to your partner mm -hmm. and will ignite the passion and the romance, and it works. So 18 to 30 months in is when the zing starts going down. Does that... Uh, Everyone. The yeah, but is it less time before it starts going down if you have children? Well, it's a good question. Um, it's 18 months or 30 months of being with that person. So when you have children, right, mm -hmm. depending on when you have children, that may hasten the decline, so to speak. So that's why I say 18 to 30 months, because some people have children, you know, after, you know, a few months of being with one another, <laughs> and it won't decline right away, but it will decline faster than if somebody doesn't have children. The more you do in your life, the less time and effort you can give to your relationship. So you can have kids, you can work full-time, you can have parents that need help or are ailing, you can volunteer at a school. The more you do, the less energy you give to your relationship. And, you know, we only have 100%, or some of us have 200%, but we only have so much to give to everything in our lives. Mm -hmm. And does it, does it basically take two to tango? And what I'm getting at here is let's say both partners and, and say they've got, you know, 2.2 kids and they're both working and it's it's crazy busy and they both feel the relationship going down, but only one of them says, we got to do something about this. Do we need both parties to be involved? Well, I think that there are two parts to your, your question that I'll answer. First of all, it always takes two to tango in a relationship. And both of us need to be working or both of us need to be invested and, and working to change it. However, Lisa, one person can feel the rut, feel the unhappiness. 
begin to include small changes and that other person will reciprocate in kind. We know, for example, that the law of reciprocity is so strong in a relationship. If you begin to tell your partner, he's wonderful, he's great, every single day, give it a week or two, and you will begin to find that your partner, in turn, will begin to say those same things to you. So you can be the one that initiates, starts, but it still takes two to tango in the end. Absolutely. And I, I just thought of something that happened when I was in a relationship and things were going downhill a little bit. There was something that re-energized it. And this was just such a simple thing. But I remember it, it touching me. And that was that uh, where I had met this person, we were at a party and it was an older home, which was a, with a really gorgeous porch. And out on that porch was where we shared our first kiss. So he went and took a picture of this house and framed it, a beautiful black and white photo, and framed it and gave it to me. And it re- it reminded me of, you, you talk about that energy that goes on when you first meet each other. Yes. And sometimes that's a great thing to highlight a special memory at the beginning of your relationship can then add that positive or remind you of when you first met. I think that's wonderful. It's also an expression of love, but it's an action. It's a behavior rather than words, and men are better at those actions than words. It's a wonderful suggestion, highlighting a special memory. You know, the first time you kissed, the first time you met, um, the music that you heard when you went on a special vacation, (laughs) a photograph of that vacation, all of those are great ways to mimic the beginnings of your relationship. We still have a little bit of time left if you want to get in a phone call for Dr. Terry Orbach, the love doctor, 248-809-3474. So putting you on the spot here, Dr. Cherry, what was your song between you and your husband? Oh, <laughs> that's uh-huh. really putting me on the spot. Uh-huh. Come on now. Oh, tell I me a beautiful memory. Tell me a beautiful I can't memory. Even remember, but I do remember our first date. Yeah. Our first date was in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, I was living in Ann Arbor, and my husband was living in a suburb of Detroit. So I remember our first date. I remember the restaurant, but I can't remember the music. I must be more into food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what did you eat? I ate pasta. It was an <laughs> Italian restaurant. And so I do remember. And, you know, interestingly enough, we have made reservations, Lisa, at that same restaurant. Separately, my husband has, and I have separately, on different occasions, anniversaries, birthdays, to sort of reignite the passion. We've been married almost 19 years wow. now. Oh, congratulations. That's, that's not an easy thing. Well, you know, I think I, I like to say in um, you know, my book, Five Simple Steps to Take Your Marriage from Good to Great, makes the argument that relationships to be stable, to be happy, does not take hard work. I really disagree that it takes hard work. Instead, Lisa, it takes consistent, regular attention. So that means that you can't do all this work in one month. You need to every single day tell your partner that he or she is wonderful or do something special for them or every single day 
talk to your partner, communicate with him or her about something other than work or family, who's going to do what around the house, or your relationship. Mm -hmm. So continue to get to know what makes them tick, what's special and interesting about them, and why you're with them in the first place. Yeah, I've also heard that it's helpful if you know how to argue. Yes, very important. You need to fight fair because everybody's going to have those disagreements. Some people think it's great if, you know, you can say we never fight, we never have conflict. But that really, those couples actually aren't the happy couples, especially in my research studies. So instead of how much conflict, it's how well you do the conflict, just like what you said. You need to really be respectful. You need to be calm. You can't call each other names. Take responsibility over your feelings. Have your I statements, not your you statements. And don't dismiss your partner's feeling. We've all been in relationships where people have said to us, Lisa, right, you can't can't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Don't dismiss your partner's feeling. Validate them. You don't have to agree, but fighting fair absolutely is so very important to happiness and the stability of a relationship over time. Absolutely. And I really had a good training ground. My parents will be married 50 years this mm. September. That's wonderful, too. And, you know, they've both had their issues and they're they're fine with me letting them know my dad's a recovering alcoholic uh my mom at one point was in a very severe depression and you know really watching how they negotiated through the minefield pretty much um you know some people might just say you know that's it that's i quit i i can't handle it but i watched two people stay together stick through an awful lot. And and I do think that that has an effect on me and my look at relationships because I know that I will work extra hard to keep something going. Correct. By watching, Even though, you know, I am divorced, but I also by watching my parents, I was smart enough to know when something was over right. and that I, I learned those lessons. I walked away from it uh, a better person and maybe even more determined to be part of a loving, long-lasting relationship. Exactly. And sometimes, Lisa, relationships aren't the best, and we don't pick well. <laughs> and I think it's great that you knew wasn't what wasn't right or good or healthy for you. But the other thing you're saying is that you know that all relationships have their ups and downs. No relationship is perfect. And many of the couples in my long-term study say exactly what you observed in your parents, that through the ups and downs, having somebody there to lean on through the goods and the bads is so very important. And yes, passion and excitement and romance and sexuality are vital to a good, happy relationship, but so is having somebody to lean on. Absolutely. The goods and bads. Well, we'd like to thank Dr. Terry Orbach, the love doctor. Doctor for being here. You can find her at drterrythelovedoctor.com. Plus, we'll have all the information up on our website. Thank you, Dr. Terry. Thank you, Lisa. It's been great. And thanks to everybody for choosing to be positive now.